and welcome to this podcast. Uh, I am going to be uh, having a discussion with Edgar Lopez Rojas, PhD, who is founder and CEO of ELAX, that's E-A-L-A-X. And uh, Edgar, I'll ask you to explain that to the audience uh, here when, we, when you introduce yourself. But Edgar is a, um, a pioneer and definitely at the top of the area of synthetic data, specifically with regard to financial crime, uh, anti-money laundering, and, and similar um, areas. Um, again, this is for Privacy Labs. Remember, Privacy Labs is one word, and um, we specialize in compliance technology. I'll go into that more at the end of the podcast. But with that said, Edgar, uh, welcome. Thank you so much for your time. Um, if you would tell us about yourself and about ELAX, and then we'll jump right into the questions. Uh, hi, Paul. Uh, first, uh, thank you for the invitation to this uh podcast uh, yeah it's, uh, i mean we we know each other so I'm, I'm i'm very pleased to actually be your guest in this podcast uh, Thank so you. Just, just to tell you a little bit about uh, myself for the audience uh, i'm originally from colombia so i was born and raised in in medellin colombia at uh, the same time of uh, this infamous guy Paulo Escobar was running his business mm. so this time i mean he he made uh, quite a lot of uh, profit from the criminal uh, drug traffic and uh, and the the dirty money actually came to my country and started to influence uh, the society in terms of corruption and violence. So so just to make my story short, I I I well my background is in computer science. I did a, a bachelor in computer science and I, when I had the opportunity to actually study abroad, I went to Sweden to do a, a master's degree and then a PhD. And the PSD I did was in the topic of uh, money laundering detection. Uh, and the, the first, uh, let's say, frustration that I had during my research. I mean, every PSD uh, student had frustrations during, the, the, during this research. Uh, but mine was uh, data. I mean, the data is mm. one of the, the crucial things to, to actually um, uh, tackle uh, complex problems like money laundering. And I, I, was, uh, I was having a background in machine learning, so I was uh, eager to start applying uh, random forest and whatever I could I could do for mm. uh, for the state of the art, but uh, the data was just not there. Uh, and mm. one of the reasons is, is basically confidentiality and, and the privacy of the of the customers. Actually, uh, is one of the topics probably that uh, that you're also interested in on this. Uh, but I'm happy to to tell you more. But uh, I'll just uh, let let it, let it go back to you. Yes. Okay. And I you've also been. Um... A pioneer in the area that you're talking about. You've been in it for uh, close to 10 years, I think. So I think that's important for people to know that you have been in this area for a, lo a long time and have seen it grow up and develop. So uh, is that an accurate statement? Yeah. So so um, just to continue the story about the, my research, um, I started to uh, have the frustration of not having data. So therefore, I started to uh, look for alternatives, and one of the alternatives was the generation of synthetic data, mm -hmm. uh, specific, more specifically synthetic financial data, and mm -hmm. to tackle problems of, of uh, financial crime. And, and in the beginning, I was just using synthetic data as a replacement for real data. But then mm -hmm. later on, I started to understand uh, the, the interest of the community for uh, data sources to actually uh, go deeper into this. So in 2017, uh, I outsourced one of the research projects that I had. That is, uh, it's called the PaySim uh, Simulator. And this uh, data source was posted uh, in Kaggle and uh, it became quite popular over there. So, so I think mm -hmm. at the time, uh, I didn't know exactly what was the value of synthetic data, but uh, now I think after 
several years of uh, trial and error, I have started to assess that there is a, a, an interest in the community and the, the, the market requires a solutions that uh, only uh, can be developed through, through synthetic data. And, uh, and we can talk also a lot uh, about some of the projects that, uh, that you and I have been uh, participating in, like the digital sandbox in the SCA is one of the examples of this. Yes, I think that's a great idea. And what I'll probably do is, is get into that towards the end of this so that people, we can um, introduce people to the topic and um, learn more about how it works. I also wanted to just mention that PaySim is probably what I guess the most used synthetic data set in the banking industry. And it's P-A-Y-S-I-M, one word, that uh, you um, developed yourself. That's why you're considered one of the pioneers in banking and finance with regard to synthetic data. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, thank, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, I was one of the pioneers and also uh, not only the pioneer, but I had been one of the most consistent researchers in the area uh, because sometimes just people start a topic and forget about it. But I think uh, the motivations I explained to you at the very beginning uh, led to me that this is something that I really I really want to uh, create as a, as a mission statement for my life. And, and that's why uh, I, I think that there's a lot of work that can be done with this. And I, mm. um, I, I, I would like to see the results of my research being implemented in the real world. And probably that's one of the reasons why uh, ELX exists to actually to see this research implemented and to tackle complex, complex problems of uh, yeah. So it's not just a commercial venture for you. It's a passion and uh, something that it's uh, close to your heart. Because I know that you started out with uh, solving the issue, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> of um, in your country that you came from. Um, so getting right into what is synthetic data. Now I'm going to give a little definition here. <laughs> uh, feel free to expand on that and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I have learned a lot about this, by the way in the last three months, and we will be planning a, a video. But um, synthetic data is essentially what you do is, uh, there's there's various components that will cover each one in a separate question, but the, the idea is to take real data uh, that a bank or some institution has, uh, this generally in a highly regulated area. And because of that, the data protection privacy laws restrict what can be done um, as well. And we'll discuss this later in machine learning. Uh, oftentimes, even if you have access to the original data, um, synthetic data and approaches that are used uh, can be used to help uh, grow out and simulate uh, different scenarios to give you a broader uh, set of data from which to learn and uh, generate new intelligence from it. So starting out with the synthetic, just the basic idea is to take the original data and basically create a new, not fake, well, it is fake, but it's synthetic. It's new data that is basically, go let ahead. Me, let me help you all a little bit with the definition of synthetic data. Okay. I'm going to try to do it as simple as, as, as possible. Yep. So basically synthetic data is, uh, is data that is, uh, is being generated by, by the computer or by an algorithm. And this data resembles or is a, an abstraction of, of some real situation in the world. So, mm -hmm. so basically um, we, we use synthetic data as a, as a way to, uh, to make a model or to represent a certain situations in the real world. So mm -hmm. the, the generation of synthetic data is a, is a science that has been um, it's been going on for, for a while. Uh, I think several years uh, of computer evolution have made uh, the generation synthetic data more popular nowadays. 
but there are so many ways to actually generate synthetic data and and uh, well one of those is a, is the one that the approach that Yelax uses and is uh, to use uh, real data as a reference uh, for for mm. uh, for generating the more realistic uh, synthetic data but some people might just experiment uh, generating synthetic data without any uh, real data and, uh, and what happens is that what you create is like what I call a toy example or a toy model and these toy models uh, can be uh, well can be very inaccurate so that's the <laughs> that's, that's the difference of using uh, synthetic data with real data or without real data yeah I'm sorry I think I didn't guess you said um, uh, <clears throat> what type of data you mentioned something I the word didn't come through uh, yeah, so so what, what I mentioned is that uh, you can use synthetic data and we using as a as a model real data sets, or you can mm -hmm. use it without a real data sets. And when you use it without real data sets, uh, you create something like a toy model. Right. And this, this toy model helps you to have certain understanding, but uh, th those models are very inaccurate. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Um, so, so the, the, there's various values that come from synthetic data. One is what they call privacy-preserving technology. So by the fact that, one, you are creating, um, whether it's toy data, certainly that wouldn't be private because it's completely uh, fresh, freshly, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it doesn't exist anywhere in the real world. But if you're using real data, the abstraction you mentioned uh, gives you some obfuscation of the original data, thus giving you some preservation of the privacy that was underlying the real data, the original data. And that gives you some freedom with regard to how you can use the synthetic data as compared to real data. Yeah, that, that's true, Paul. Uh, so there is a, a, a trade-off between uh, privacy concerns, or, or let's say disclosure, uh, mm -hmm. the data with using synthetic data and the analytic power of, of synthetic data. So, so the more analytic power we have, uh, the synthetic data will look closer to the real data. Therefore, the disclosure will, uh, will go up. Uh, so so there, is a, there is always like a, a, a balance point where we have enough uh, analytic value in the synthetic data. And at the same time, we protect these patterns or, or these, uh, let's say, the uh, anonymization techniques that will uh, help us to actually identify uh, who's the real subject behind. I see, great. That's a great way to put it. Um, th th now, another area I think that's really um, important in, um, in machine learning is explainability. And I think we've discussed how synthetic data can help with that process in um, exposing certain uh, features or, or uh, other information. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think I, I think explainability is uh, is um, a very interesting areas, especially in uh, in the domain of financial crime, mm -hmm. uh, and and it's very uh, related to the the gather of evidence. Uh, I mean, the, if you you cannot explain why an algorithm has been uh, tagging someone for a suspicious activity, uh, it's very hard to actually tell the authorities that this person is doing something wrong. So the forward explainability is, is, is one of the key issues in, in some of the domains like financial crime. Uh, and I, and I, can, I can also tell that there are so many other domains that explainability is important to make the algorithms um, fair and biased mm -hmm. uh, to avoid these uh, things like gender issues. 
mm-hmm. uh, and, and stuff like that. So, so I, I, in, my, in my opinion, I think explainability is something that um, there's still uh, a lot of work to be done. But uh, once you actually have the, the synthetic data uh, assets, uh, you will have the possibility and the capabilities to actually um, develop better these uh, algorithms for explainability. So, so basically, synthetic data is a means for achieving uh, or getting this explainability level, you call it. Very good. Yes, uh, well said. And then last um, on this specific topic um, is with regard to the ability to take the original data set, uh, whether it's toy or real, um, and expand on that and to find new patterns. So in the example of ELAX, one of the things that you do well is find hidden fraud. You find things that were not known before, that you're able to uh, either find anomalous uh, uh, behavior that is usually indicative of fraud, but you also can inject what we call typologies uh, into the data set to help flesh out the data set and help increase the value of the model to find um, fraud uh, accurately. Yeah, well said, Paul. Uh, I think one of the beauties of using synthetic data is the, the flexibility that, that you that you can have uh, once you actually uh, have a, a proper model. Mm-hmm. Your model is is robust enough that uh, the validation gives you certain trust. Uh, mm-hmm. Then you can go to the next level, and it's uh, it's, it's something that ELX has been working on, and is to enhance the synthetic data to enrich it with a certain patterns, certain behaviors. Uh, some, of, some of these are, are driven by uh, the expertise, expertise of uh, people that have been uh, dealing with these issues before. Uh, some of those are deal uh, with the historical data, uh, but uh, the capabilities of actually enriching the synthetic data sets uh, is one of the advantages actually of using synthetic data over mm-hmm. real data sets. I see. And I think we, we both know well that Gartner has predicted that it's something above 60% of all machine learning training will be based on synthetic data by 2024, which is right around the corner. Uh, which... that's, that's fantastic, Paul. I, 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 truly, I truly think that Gartner is right. He's in the right path. So in, the, in one of the latest reports of Gartner in December 2020, uh, it says that by 2024, 60% of the AI will be trained using synthetic data. And, and you, you think about this, Paul, and, and I, I believe it's true, uh, basically because uh, generating synthetic data uh, perhaps is not the easiest way in the very beginning, but mm-hmm. uh, in the long term is the, the most uh, cost-efficient way mm-hmm. uh, because you have plenty of data and you have it uh, just in the, the uh, tip of your hands when you need it. Uh, so so it's, it's been said that many of the data science uh, projects uh, 80% of the time um, it takes to get access to the data and 20% of the time just, just to <laughs> use the data. So we want, we want to shift this, uh, this Pareto uh, to actually make it uh, like you use simulation 20% of the time and the 80% of the time you just use the synthetic data assets to actually uh, uh, perform your, your machine learning algorithms or t- t- test them and train them. That's interesting that uh, it's cheaper perhaps to generate synthetic data than to try and claw it out of wherever else it might come from okay. and, to, and to include things that you've learned from other sources that you can then uh, learn from that and include it into the synthetic data set. Um, great. So um, 
I, I think I, I think that kind of does it on this topic. Um, but I did want to get down into specifically in financial crime and anti money laundering, and that you're um, you're working in that area specifically. Uh, if there's any thoughts you want to, um... uh, uh, <clears throat> I, one of the things that uh, makes me realize that uh, we are um, we're doing the things right uh, at the LX is that. Uh, there is a big problem in financial crime, and the, the, the big problem is that it's very hard to actually understand if the financial controls are working properly or not. Uh, and one of the reasons is actually because of the hidden crime. Uh, mm -hmm. So the hidden crime is basically the crime that the financial institutions uh, never, never really get to see or, or to detect. And uh, therefore, they, they need to pay for that or they just uh, never know that it existed until it's too late and perhaps the authorities come and issue some sanctions and fines and, and, and at that time it's too late because the criminals are enjoying their uh, vacations or permanent vacations in Bahamas or, or enjoying the Ferraris or something. So, mm -hmm. so this, is, this is one of the things that um, really makes me uh, think uh, or, or made me um, started to think how we can turn the things around. And one of, one of the, the, the ideas I have is to use synthetic data in a, in a very similar fashion as a, as a vaccine. So, so you think about, for instance, the, mm. the coronavirus vaccine. Uh, the first thing that they do is that they uh, isolate, uh, the, 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 let's say, the, the, the malicious part of the virus, and then they, they put a harmless virus inside your body for, for your body to understand uh, what, what can go wrong <laughs> when it's inside. And that's why you, you develop these defenses before the, the virus hits you. And, and it's the same thing that we're trying to do with synthetic data. So we're, mm. we're trying to stress the financial system uh, uh, with harmless synthetic data uh, mm. before uh, the financial uh, criminals actually start to abuse of the financial system. So, so this, this, is a, this is the concept that we have. And I think it's very sound. And, uh, and uh, we, have, we have reached a point that the technology is ready for doing these things because uh, I, th I think for this to be um, possible, uh, there, there was uh, uh, an interest uh, from the, well, there was a lack of interest in the industry, and uh, in the last two years, uh, regulators like the FCA uh, have been promoting the use of synthetic data for innovation, mm -hmm. and specifically for innovation in the area of financial crime like uh, coronavirus. It, it changes a lot, uh, and I, I associate these two terms because. Uh, the way that coronavirus affected the financial system, it changes the behaviors of the people, and therefore the controls that were uh, made for a for a an old normal don't work anymore in the new normal. So the mm. institutions need to evolve, and uh, and I think one one way to evolve uh, very fast is to actually stress the system before we synthetic data, and that that's our value proposition. Got it. And on that point, you wanted to, we did want to discuss the FCA project that uh, is where we met. And um, that was in early this year, 2021. And um, do you want to tell uh, our audience a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, just to, to mention a little bit in 2000, a little bit of background is that in 2018, uh, uh, many things went wrong in the financial system in the UK. Uh, therefore, the regulators uh, told it was, uh, it was uh, the right time to actually explore new opportunities uh, to assess how to tackle financial crime pro uh, project problems. And in 2019, I came to the UK as a consultant for the FCA, and I worked with them and teach them uh, how to do uh, how to generate synthetic data. And in 2020, uh, I was lucky enough to to already have ELX, and we, I participated in 
in one of the tech sprint tech sprint that the FCA runs every year. And this was it was called data sprint because the, the main goal was to generate synthetic data assets. And um, so to my surprise, uh, the big project was uh, was actually the digital sandbox, which is a, an initiative from the city of London and the FCA. Mm. And, and these two institutions together uh, are investing a lot of uh, resources to actually make possible for uh, the fintech industry uh, to test their solutions before. And one of the solutions that ELS has been testing is the generation of synthetic data using mm -hmm. real data. Yes, and that was used in this tech sprint. And um, FCA is the, uh, is it the Financial Crime Authority? Is that? Uh... Financial Conduit Authority. Is, is the oh, Financial Financial Conduct Authority, that's the uh, the body that uh, regulates in the uh, United yes. Kingdom. Exactly. Right. And also that, that sandbox was used to test new theories and to have uh, they invited um, various, uh, they, they invited various, you know, commercial entities like ELX also to come in and, and use it. Some context, uh, around 100 um, companies applied for, the, for being a part of the first digital sandbox pilots, only 30 companies made it. Mm -hmm. uh, only 12 companies of these 30 were working in the area of financial crime. And only one company was uh, spe specialized in the generation of synthetic data, and that was ELM. I see. Uh, well, that's one of the reasons why we are pioneers in this, in this area. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I, I don't think we can understate that uh, at all. Um, well, great. Um, and I think we're going to see more sandbox-like environments where synthetic data is used, where the government and industry can come together and help solve problems um, in various areas. So I think that does it. Um, is there anything else you would like to uh, tell the audience? I would like to have you explain where the name ELAX came from, uh, uh -huh. but give you also the opportunity to, to say any parting words that we haven't discussed that you think the audience should know about, if anything, if we haven't covered anything. Yeah, well, uh, first, uh, thank you very much, Paul, for this uh, space. I think uh, one of the missions I have uh, in my life is to actually uh, educate the general public uh, about my research to try to try to uh, put them into simple words that they can understand, uh, like, for instance, the analogy with the, the coronavirus vaccine, <laughs> something that people can relate. And I, I think these spaces are a wonderful opportunity for that. And, and I, I, I will make sure that ELX uh, promotes this podcast. Mm. And, and also, well, the, just to, to mention the, the meaning of ELX, is, uh, it's an acronym in, in Spanish that means IAT, the power of X. And mm. so, so I want to represent the, the exponential growth that hopefully is going to be the growth of my company. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I think for some of the nerds out there, uh, E is a, a constant 2.7 something rather that's used very often. In, the Euler number. Yeah. Yes. Right. And Allah means at, and then X is the exponential. Yes. Well, that's great. I think it's a neat, <clears throat> a neat uh, way to name your company. So, um, well, great. I think Edgar, then we are, uh, thank you so much for your time and for your efforts, not only in making it a better world, but in the passion you have to make it the world a better place. And um, so uh, with that said, um, I just very briefly, uh, you know, Privacy Labs will continue to work with ELX to help uh, make this available, this, this technology. We specialize in compliance technology. We can assist with um, bringing this to various projects and engagements. And we cover sort of the horizontal aspects of 
of implementation because uh, we are, again, a compliance technology firm. So um, if people want to get in touch with you, uh, Edgar, I guess they just Edgar, E-D-G-A-R at E-A-L-A-X.com. Okay, yeah, that's correct. Uh, you can also Google uh, my name, Edgar Lopez Rojas, and, and you're, you're going to find uh, quite a lot of hits if you mix this with financial crime. Yes, um, <laughs> so just thing, uh, to say, Paul, um, uh, thank you very much for the invitation. I'm really looking forward to um, to develop this partnership with uh, Privacy Lab so, so, so we can conquer the U.S. market uh, together. <laughs> and that we will do because we've got the best in the business on both sides, <laughs> if we do see ourselves. All right, Edgar, thanks so much. And you have a great day. I know you're in the United Kingdom, so it's dinner time for you. So uh, have a wonderful day. Thanks again. And thank you, audience, for listening. Same for you. Bye.